0: Uh, moving all the time, nonstop. You don't yeah.
1: have ADHD, do you?
0: <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know. Do I? I'm unsure. Squirrel.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh- <laughs> I am here with Andy. Um, which last name are you going by?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Great question. Yeah. I go back and forth. Andy Semenik.
1: Semenik. Okay, I'll make sure that's spelled right in the uh, in the cover photo. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> Andy Semenik. Um, taught fitness, taught nutrition, all the above. Why don't you explain what your business is maybe, um, but what you do as an entrepreneur as well?
0: Sure. My company name abbreviated as taught is called train of thought. And the premise around that is so much what drives me and my connection with my clients isn't only their health and wellness journey but it's their mentality and their state of mind and so the company's name was drawn from that that you can be fit and you can be healthy as long as you're mentally connected to that journey so
1: and how, that's for the name. how important is mental not just mental toughness but mental health tied with physical health
0: I think it's huge. It's almost like chicken and the egg. Which comes first? Is it that you're being physically active and eating well, that then your mentality is better? Or are you mentally connected in order to facilitate those movements and make those improvements for yourself even more so? I it's this wave that goes back and forth. The more you do of one, the better the other gets, and vice versa. So uh, and I love that. I love seeing both happen for people, which is what drew me to starting my companies. And it's been over ten years now. I'm in year eleven. Oh, congratulations! Thank you. That's
1: huge because uh, I talked to a lot of different people, and they're they're just starting up. Literally within, I've I remember I interviewed someone that they just opened the doors like a month ago. They've been in the industry but haven't really taken the leap as an entrepreneur or, or starting a business but, mm-hmm. but you've been doing it for a long time so
0: been doing it for a long time That's good. yes and it does it evolutionizes it started as i only did pre and postnatal training so women that wow. were going through their childbearing years uh was pretty-
1: that was that as as a business or was that just kind of as um like were you always paid to do that or is that just something that you were doing on the side
0: that was what I went into as a full time. Before that, I was working at an IT company as a marketing and client management. And then on the side, I worked for the YMCA as a fitness coach. Uh-huh.
1: And so you've been in the industry of like health and fitness for most of your life, I imagine. Yeah.
0: yeah. Even in high school, I used to teach spin classes mm. in Livingston, well, Montana. Really? Oh, okay. When I was like, oh my god, you lived in 15? you lived in the
1: states. I yes. didn't know that. Okay, I did.
0: I'm American. I was born in Utah, raised in Montana.
1: I didn't. I'm so glad we're doing this because I've known you for a while. I did not know you're yeah. American. Born. I'm
0: American. Wow. Dual citizen now. Yeah. Thank you, but yeah, we will have super... we'll have you either
1: way. We can. We'll let's okay. stay. Yeah, it's okay.
0: Um, <laughs> small town Montana. It was yeah. called. Its name is Livingston. Population at the time was maybe four thousand people. Yeah. So it was great. It was such a cool experience. Or what was it called? Total Fitness was the only gym in town at the time. And I was able to, I volunteered, but they would let me, they would let me teach spin classes sometimes.
1: So we reserved this space, a spot at Total Fitness. And then you taught there. And I would teach
0: just as a high schooler. They'd let me teach their spin class every once in a while and kind of helped me, see that i really liked to teach and i liked engaging with people and so that i it's been in my life forever
1: if that's where the interest and the passion came from where did the interest and passion into turning it into a business come from or where did that begin
0: i think when i was working at that marketing firm or at the it firm in marketing i felt like I was not great at the nine to five. Mm -hmm. There were the benefits of job security and paid vacation and that kind of thing. But man, did I have a hard time sitting still for long periods of time. (laughs) And So go
1: from one extreme to the other. It's just like you went from desk jockey to CrossFit slash boxing slash...
0: Kickboxing slash self-defense slash... Brimbose Nadal non stop movement. <laughs> Moving all the time, non-stop. You don't yeah.
1: have ADHD, do you?
0: <laughs> I don't I, I don't know. Do I? I'm unsure. Squirrel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So it definitely was a big shift and kind of scary. Like you go from total job security and comfort. Um yeah, so it was a big leap of faith. And, and when was
1: that? Like what? Um, how many, was that 10 years ago? Was that that leap?
0: Yeah. I incorporated in December of 2011. Prior to that, I was working at the IT firm in 2010 and working at the YMCA. And what made me feel like I wanted to do this full time is I was pregnant and I was learning about pre and postnatal as a specialty. I was already certified to be a personal trainer, group fitness trainer, all the things because of the why. And I had this class that I was teaching and all these pregnant women started coming to my class. It was just a fitness class. right? But I was pregnant, they were pregnant, we were all drawn to each other. And it was amazing how this organic community and relationships were built. And I loved it. And That was kind of it. That was to me. You feel like
1: your niche was kind of created accidentally?
0: I think so. I think I found that women are drawn to each other to help cultivate relationships and nurture one another. And I had wanted to make sure that my pregnancy, I could train safely. And so I wanted to learn how. So then I did a specialty. And then these women wanted to learn from that. So from there,
1: you're like, I could do this.
0: Yep. I was like, I I think I have what it takes. And I think as advice, if you're going to start a business knowing a niche, and growing from there, so start with something really specific. And then you can go more broad to capture more population. But I think having the niche draws greater attention to you, because people seek out specialties. And then from there, build off of all of your specialties so then you can capture a greater piece of the pie.
1: I've definitely heard that is find your niche, find your niche. And to me, I'm sure most people are fearful of that because they feel like they're cutting off a customer base. right? They feel like they're if they're not general enough, then there's not enough people that are interested. But I'm sure you've discovered that that's simply not true. It's just like if you were to go super niche, There's people that want that very specific service, in this case, prenatal, postnatal care, or fitness training.
0: Yeah, and I I think so. I think people that are looking for something specific are gonna be more drawn to the person that only does that than the person that is a catch-all. A
1: generalist. Yeah. Yeah, which
0: through time, you can specialize in a bunch of things, which I do now, but not in the beginning because how could i possibly be good at all those things right out of the gate
1: so you you would you would say that be an expert in one small thing first that would be i think so
0: because then as you gain experience and exposure you start to want to grow personally which then allows you to take on more growth and then specializing in these new things of course have overlaps so in order to specialize in the next thing won't be as hard if you're in the same industry because they start to overlap on each other like i went from pre and postnatal my women had had their babies they didn't need the postnatal recovery anymore what's next Uh, and so for them and for me what was next so and so I started getting domino. into martial, yeah, it totally was. So then I got uh, into martial arts and then I got into CrossFit because I wanted the strength and stability and explosivity in order to translate into my martial arts. And then it kept going from there. So
1: you're just translating your own story and applying it to other people that would also be interested in, in like, how do I, tra- so now I've, now I've had the baby and you're training it was very specific. So it's not really required anymore. You experienced that yourself. And so you're like, yeah, what's next? So what's, and, and, and so you, you, so what was that transition? That was the first idea that you had that, um, like, was it, I want to train CrossFit or was it after the the postnatal training? Like what, what, what worked for you and what worked for your clients?
0: for me in the same vein as why my company is named what it is train of thought fitness when you have a child or you go through a huge shift in your life it could be anything it could be a job change it could be having a baby it could be getting married it could be having something big happen there's at least for me there was a fluctuation in identity it was okay i've just had this child i'm now a mother and I love that role, but I'm also still anti-Seminic. So I needed to also feel connected to myself again. And so martial arts to me when I started it was so much of a mental, physical connection that also started to give me confidence again. And that, oh, right, I am still anti-Seminic and I can rock that role, but I'm also a mother and I can also rock that role. And so... I thought that was important for my clients to feel as well. Not all of them wanted to do boxing or kickboxing, but the ones that did, I think also really enjoyed that connection to themselves.
1: You'd, I'm sure you would say that martial arts specifically is very empowering and very strengthening of mind and spirit for anyone.
0: Yeah, right. as you know too. Absolutely, I do. <laughs> yeah,
1: I I learned more about myself within a 30 second sparring round than, you know, years of of making mistakes because you are completely on your own, exposed. There's no hiding, there's no backing out. Everything that you do correct might work, might not. Everything you do wrong will probably be detrimental, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's just like the most vulnerable place you could be and uh and you know it's it's of course it it goes a little bit instinctual as well it's kind of it's fight or flight but also like in boxing it's not necessarily it's a little counterintuitive as well right from like a beginner Mm -hmm. so how much would you say so you did you ever go professional with any martial arts I can't remember if you did
0: no I didn't I'm going through the level system or the belts in self-defense. So Krav Maga. And I'll continue that journey. And within that, to me, I feel like there's all these competitive areas that you have to try and excel in, whether it's BJJ or British, uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu or Muay Thai or boxing, because all those elements come into play, and you have to be able to perform in those different disciplines. So in that I love, I don't feel at this stage in my life, I can do any sort of amateur fights because I have kids mm. and I don't want to suffer any you
1: already have ADHD so you don't want
0: to. <laughs> it's hard enough for me to stay yeah. focused so three minutes <laughs> seems like a real strain a few
1: more knocks to the brain and
0: <laughs> I'm in real trouble yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I want to definitely you know I have to keep family in mind first yeah. I had I been doing this before kids, I think I would have been really drawn to it Mm -hmm. for sure, Um, but it just doesn't feel right now.
1: When you train in martial arts, and I know you've done some sparring, maybe you still do some casual sparring, um, but how much is that tied into business? How do you feel, what are the commonalities between the two? And like, do you feel martial arts, your experience with it helps your business acumen?
0: I think so. Something that I always talk to clients about when I'm teaching a class is, even though we're teaching you a skill right now, whatever that skill is, and then we facilitate some sort of scenario that feels stressful, The body doesn't know the difference between i'm being stressed in the gym versus i'm being stressed at work i have a deadline to do here my kids are driving me crazy and they're stressing me out my home life has whatever's going on those are all stresses on the body and if we create this environment for you to learn to manage stress i.e sparring for three minutes and getting through it or getting through some kind of self-defense technique for a long period of time and you do it and you do it again and it slowly starts to be less stressful i truly believe that that translates in all those other scenarios i talked about my my end of year corporate taxes are due in two weeks and i'm like oh man i'm six months behind no you know, maybe me five, six years ago, I'd be wigging out, but I know I'll get it done. It's one day at a time. We'll get, we'll get there. It's okay.
1: I would. I thought, here's an idea that would be good for martial artists that also run a business is that say, if you're doing your taxes, you, you bring your, your bell alarm home into your office. And so every, every three minutes it'll ding and then you'll have 30 second break. And then another three minutes, then you go back <laughs> like to typing. Three minute round. Yeah, three minute round my, accounting.
0: I wonder if my output would be like so phenomenal. Yeah. I'd get a month done in three minutes. Yeah. I'd be I'm gonna try it tonight because I've got like <laughs> four more months to go. You probably
1: have a timer on your phone, like a a fight timer on your phone, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. sure that I've got many. Three minutes on, 30 seconds off. You do your recovery <laughs> breath. Yeah. Get some ice. Do I have like a on your like fingers? A, do
0: I have my like corner person to to tell yeah. me to calm down? I'll
1: be a corner person. <laughs> okay, be, Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Blowing a towel in your face.
1: Yeah.
0: Get it done. Yeah,
1: put the gel on your eyebrows. Yes. Yeah. The Vaseline. Yeah,
0: because I'm sweating so yeah. bad. <laughs> I'm like, where's that receipt? Yeah. I can't find it.
1: And, and by the time the the rounds are over, you still might lose. So yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's not yeah, the greatest yeah.
0: idea. we'll see once my accountant gives me back gives me my feedback.
1: let's see like maybe maybe use your accountant say give them the fight timer, yeah. see how they do. yeah, they're like I got so much done in three minutes yeah,
0: <sighs> yeah. make sure you get me a sweet return. yeah,
1: yeah. they're like, no, I'm actually unconscious now. thank yeah. you very much yeah.
0: And you owe me 12 grand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, either with taxes, aren't the best, yeah. best example because it you always lose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, but I like the idea.
1: Yeah. It maybe can like, it'll either add a lot of stress in a bad way or it'll hurry things up.
0: Yeah, it'll just give me something to so- focus on that's different, mm. which is always key. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I do believe that a lot of mental training in a gym or a fitness environment completely translates outside, which is something that I love for people.
1: Do you get pushback with, I mean, you've developed a clientele over a decade now, but do you get people that still don't quite understand the translation between mental health and physical health and how they benefit each other? Do you, I don't know if that's, if you would, it seems silly that you would, but are there people that just don't quite clue in?
0: I don't think so. I think the harder side to get buy in for is the nutrition, Mm. the physical side. There's almost an instant gratification, you come in the gym feeling one way, you leave the gym feeling another way. And that's happens in a matter of whatever it is 60 minutes, 45 minutes, 30 minutes. And that's very tangible for people. Whereas nutrition, you tell people that you need to do drink more water eat more colors in the rainbow you know spread your meals out throughout the day and it's a really
1: long process as and well. it doesn't
0: happen overnight it can right. take months it can take years so people's buy in fluctuates and keeping people committed to that mental journey is really hard and very hard to keep sustained so for that one the buy in it's like the they know They know they know. But then I'm also surprised by what I think they understand and what they actually do. Because to eat healthy has such a spectrum. Mm -hmm. um, Or to be healthy has such a spectrum. Um, So that one is a much harder journey.
1: And where do you get most of your business from? Is it is it fitness instruction? Is it nutrition? Is it the combination of like all, all encompassing um, I
0: service? would if I I would say it's probably a 70-30 split of fitness versus nutrition. Mm-hmm. And I don't have any clients that are just nutrition. It's the clients that I'm training that want nutrition on top. And albeit great, I have to say the follow through on the nutrition side is slim. Mm. It's pretty slim. So I'm constantly giving new experiences and goals and trying to find that thing because each person will click differently with that. Um,
1: and then how do you stand out? Because there's 1 million fitness instructors, there's 1 million nutritionists. Mm-hmm. What And you're, you're basically a personal brand right? People like you, Mm -hmm. and I get that. Um, But you still have to be innovative as a business owner. What do you feel is your advantage or your specialty or the way you stand out?
0: I think for me, and this is what people always tell me is that one, I'm extremely engaging, I care a lot about my people. So even if they leave the gym after a session, I still know what's going on in their lives. I still check in. It doesn't have to be fitness related. It can be anything. But then people always laugh that I've had some people for 10 years and they're like, I don't know that we've ever done the same thing twice in 10 years. And for me, it's because as human beings, we're super playful and we've lost a lot of that playfulness. And I want to keep people engaged by constantly keeping them guessing. Sure, a squat you can do ten squats, but three rounds. But why don't we do it a million different ways? Because a squat's still a squat. So if I can program it differently and sneak it in a million different ways, I'm going to because it's going to keep them engaged. It's going to keep them coming back. It's going to keep them always guessing, which is super good for performance, and it's fun. Yeah. So.
1: And I imagine that's also what you've had to do operating your business is, well, that's the same thing, right? It's always, you always have to be on your toes mm-hmm. like, because, you know, the, whether it be the economy or, or um, if a pandemic all of a sudden came out of nowhere and you're having to adjust, mm-hmm. or uh, if, like we were saying earlier, if your kids get sick or you're, you know, there's some type of emergency or um, any time you'd have to adjust, and so you you get really, really comfortable with the unknown. Yes. And so that you feel like that has a lot of parallels. You're just, you have to be engaged because you're running your business. But with your clients, they're so much more engaged because it's it's like never the same, right? Mm-hmm. They're always challenged, essentially.
0: Yeah, yep. and I love that. And I think uh, I think that's kept a lot of retention for me, for sure. Could be my lack of attention, yeah. <laughs> my <laughs> constant need for change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think it's it's been great and I love it. And I love keeping people guessing because it's it just builds on our relationship too.
1: And when it came to building the clientele over time and maintaining this brand, what have been some really key elements to the success of your brand? what has built more clients, better clients, more money coming in? What are some things that you feel have really boosted the economy of your business?
0: Hard work. I think people sometimes forget that to be successful, you have to work really hard at it. And you have to always work hard at it once i had just because i got the client doesn't mean it's over it just started right and so i have to work hard for that client always and in order to have someone for 10 years that's a lot of work that's a it's constantly making sure that our relationship is strong and that their needs are met and that i'm there for them
1: which if you put it in business terms it it's customer service essentially mm-hmm. <laughs> right For sure and i know you see them more as customers more as clients because i know you have a really deep relationship with a lot of your clients right so i'm sure you wouldn't just call them customers um, yeah. because you're so involved with their lives
0: yeah. yeah and i think it's a misconception that even though you know sometimes people say oh that must be so fun you just get to hang out in a gym all day And it's great because it's dynamic and it's social and that part's fun but i've got 20 plus people that have different bodies different goals that i have to program for multiple times a week Mm -hmm. and if it's all going to be different all the time which is a huge piece of what's important to me that's a lot of mental output yeah so that part can be draining for sure
1: but crucial
0: crucial i think if you want to be successful and and to be honest in any business you know i think you can't you can to phone it in is for the weekend
1: yeah especially in service based it seems like if you're if you're product based or retail then maybe not as important depending on the level of product that it is Mm mm-hmm because it, you know, it's it's a very, very minute, very fleeting experience, right? So especially if you're shopping online, right? Mm-hmm. But I imagine if, unless it became something like a house or a car or, um, like a, a, higher value product, but I imagine in service, like that's everything. It's in the name.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So yeah, I would say the number one thing is hard work, and people will be loyal to you for that.
1: Is there, are there a lot of mistakes that you made that were like really big learning experiences for the, for business, for the, for growing your business? Were there, were there moments where you're like, oh, why did I do that? Or, or just something that you learned that you're like, oh, I'll make sure I avoid this, make sure I do this to ensure that. I still have a job at the end of the day. I still have an operating business at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, I was lucky in the fact that my core business has never really suffered. I think the biggest takeaway for me over the years is knowing my capacity and not trying to exceed it because. In order to do something in addition to and do it well, it needs an equal amount of output, if it's going to be successful. And so, you know, I tried to make an app. And I could put a certain amount of output into it. But at the end of the day, I would have had to give up my other business in order to make that one successful, I couldn't be an addition to it had to be one or the other. Mm. And I thought I could do both. And you know, halfway in, if not more, I started to realize that. And I knew that couldn't be in addition to.
1: Over the experience, uh, this decade of learning your business, you've learned from your own mistakes, or maybe you had to learn on the fly. Um, have there been mentors in your life? There's certain podcasts you listen to certain celebrities you follow, um, or friends of yours that, that you learn from?
0: Yes. Uh, I'm lucky in the fact that, I mean, there's many, but I'm also really lucky in the fact that I have a great relationship with my parents and I'm an only child. My father is an academic and has written multiple textbooks, has traveled internationally as an expert witness in the field of marketing. And so in terms of his business acumen, that's the person that I go to a lot. And my mom is this incredible free spirit who is, has always been passionate about the outdoors and su- supremely connected to fly fishing.
1: Oh, okay. And
0: she started her career in her forties and is now the number one woman in the world to have her master's certification in fly fishing. What? And that, the only one I
1: didn't know that that there's could this even... there's
0: all these different levels that you can be certified in, and she's done them all. Wow! And so now she travels all over the world. <laughs> this cat is like <laughs> all over me like a scarf. I didn't know I was interviewing
1: um, two people. I know you
0: got jeans right on the <laughs> Probably
1: hear her purring. <laughs> I love that. He's
0: like, uh, I'm here too, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't forget about me. Oh my god, he's gonna eat it. Um. yeah. And so now she travels all over the world to now certify people wow. to be instructors of all these different levels. And so for her, I go to more of the female entrepreneur service side of mentorship. Mm-hmm. And she's pivoted in so many different ways. And she's like the Zoom master now. And it's incredible. And so I am able to go to her as well for all my training and learning. I've got the person that I work with that helps me with all my martial arts, all the other people that we learn together and train each other. I've got so many people that I consider mentors in that world. And I, I just, I'm constantly meeting people. I'm better at being mentored and feeling like I'm really gaining mentorship from people that I meet organically, versus and,
1: like you going out of your way to find them,
0: or like a you like a podcast or things like that. Like that's uh, okay. gr- so reading real life,
1: interactions. yeah, real
0: life interactions. I'm a people person, so I like to connect that way and work with people that way. As much as I gain a lot from podcasts and reading books on growing your small business. I really thrive off meeting a small business owner, sitting down in a situation like this, and learning about some things that they've done, mistakes they've made, this new thing that they're doing that's streamlined their business so much, then I really latch on to that.
1: This is exactly why I'm, I'm doing this podcast, because I'm so interested in business, and I want to you know expand my own. Mm-hmm. So what better way to create content and ask You know for help along the way or just just to understand other people's journeys
0: yeah
1: how often do you seek advice or mentorship or or talks like this versus trying to just figure it out on your own do you default to asking or do you default to you know looking inwards or researching just on your own time
0: I do like the self-discovery. I think it feels really good to kind of sink your teeth into a problem. There are definitely walls that I come up against where I really love seeking advice. And it's just, it's, there's a point where it's something that I just haven't been exposed to a door I've never opened. And so if I don't know what's on the other side, that's usually when I go and look. Whereas if it's just a problem that I haven't looked at, from a certain angle then i can usually figure it out myself
1: okay so if there's if there's a lot of mystery behind a certain subject maybe get some guidance before you just go shoot in the dark
0: kind of thing like Uh, that app i shot in the dark uh, and that was a big learn so now i've definitely recalibrated and know okay don't just pull the trigger and ask questions later let's Let's if we're going to open a brand new door, let's find some mentors to help you before opening it. Right. Um, might get shot in the face. Right.
1: <laughs> it's like, uh, what's that Christmas movie where the kid gets the BB gun? And uh, but the whole time the mom's like, don't you'll shoot yourself in the eye or something like that. I don't know. And then and then they're like, no, it's fine. It's fine. He does get the BB gun and he does shoot himself in the eye. <laughs>
0: He, he had mentorship. He, he did. Just didn't he
1: just, listen, he just, yeah, I just ignored it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh man. I mean, which
1: like I struggle with too a lot of the time, like because I'm I'm so stubborn sometimes. I'm just like, no, I have to make the mistake myself. Like I know this will go wrong, and people will tell me it'll go wrong, and then it will. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, now I understand it, <laughs> which is something I have to work on. But um, what would be something you would say? you discovered whether by you know yourself or through mentorship that really accelerated the growth or the or something that made you just feel more successful or more comfortable in uh, in your business was there a big unlock was there just a small little technical thing that helped you
0: I think it was just time yeah I think if you dedicate yourself to something long enough you start to really feel the benefits of that. And I think, I hope that generations coming can have that experience as much as we're getting into this kind of gig mentality. I understand the why, but I fear that really connecting with who you are and becoming an expert in something might be lost. And I think that that would be sad because to be an expert in anything takes time. And we have to allow ourselves that time because there's no other way to get there. And I hope that people want to give that gift to themselves because you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about business. You learn a lot about where who you are in this world and how to function within it. And I think that feels really good and can be very settling as a human being.
1: Patience is probably one of the most difficult attributes to, to practice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I love that you put it that way. It's essentially time, it's, it's everything good will come if you're patient enough, essentially, but I feel like yeah it is it might be lost on today's today's generation especially in business because we want money now mm-hmm. and so it's like well what's the fastest way i can get a return and you feel like that would be quite detrimental to like a, a, a self-starter
0: i mean i think so everybody has a different thing that they're drawn by i'm not super drawn by really high monetary gains. I'm drawn to connection and self exploration. And so I'm okay with a longer journey, because I know I'll be happier in the end. I know that I as a human being a business owner, will have a more fulfilled experience from that angle. Mm-hmm. but that's for myself. I think other people feel happier if they get that money, but is that sustainable? I don't know, I don't know the answer. I think everybody's different.
1: I suppose it's, it's yeah, whatever your goals are. So like for you, I usually ask this question uh, for people in their industry, so I would ask you, are you a fitness nutrition person or are you a business person? And it seems to me, my impression, for you would be your fitness, nutrition, connection, human person first. Mm-hmm. Um, but business seems to be very linked, but at your core, I would imagine it's more on
0: yeah. the subject
1: versus uh, for sure. versus the business.
0: For sure. I You know, my goals in life are, I want to feed my family. I want to live in a home that feels comfortable for me. I want to be able to have experiences in my life that I don't feel too stretched to have. And once I've reached that goal, I want to live in it. I don't want to keep trying to get to that next level, because maybe the level I'm in is the one I want to be at. And so right now I feel, you know, I'm always planning for the future and making sure that I have job security for sure. But I also know I'm at a really good, sustainable place, and I don't want to lose it by trying to get to the what the grass is always greener. I Mm. think my grass is pretty green, so you know a few sprays of Roundup here and there, but (laughs) that's okay. Yeah,
1: and what I'm sure you've got other friends in in this industry uh, or just business owners. Do you? Uh, do you mentor someone and or have you mentored people and like what kind of mistakes have you helped them avoid if they're just starting or if they're running a business? What have you noticed? Maybe a more common thing to a myth to dispel or uh, something to avoid. Have you, has there been some commonalities in the people that you know?
0: The rush. I find uh, people are so rushed. And so when I do podcasts like this, which is another reason why I said what I did, is my experience as of right now is just feeling this almost frenetic sense of person trying to get somewhere, Mm -hmm. but losing the point of the journey. And so I always answer the same and saying time, time and being happy with where you are sometimes because you don't have to constantly chase I think it's exhausting and lacks fulfillment it's okay to strive to be better always but to also allow yourself to to settle in sometimes and just be and so I always try when I mentor people to just say give yourself time it doesn't happen overnight nor should it. Right. So.
1: That's fantastic. I, uh, I want to make sure I get, I'll, I'll cut, we'll kind of wrap things up here. I know we both got things coming up, but um, if people want to get a hold of you or maybe know more about your business, what are your socials? What are, where should they go to? You,
0: you can, my company name is Train of Thought Fitness. So Instagram, albeit not great at it train of thought fitness or train of thought nutrition um, or my website also trainofthoughtfitness.com, which is basically a cv of my experience and how to contact me
1: okay good and i i, I always ask this question um i just need to know what is your favorite podcast
0: <laughs> that's none your business oh <laughs> that's great i love that